At the end of the day, you look back on those great things that happened and made you, made you better. The biggest joy that I've had in growing the company is that we're doing something that we think is important. Welcome back to Speaker Series Rewind, a podcast by High Alpha, a venture studio that designs and builds B2B SaaS startups. On this show, we revisit discussions from High Alpha's Speaker Series, a monthly event series featuring industry leaders, successful entrepreneurs, and investors. For our very first season, we're joined by founders and CEOs across the country running everything from B2B software companies to international airports and packaged food startups. And today, we're joined by Gary Dick, the creator and the host of Inside Indiana Business, This speaker series actually aired and took place in April of 2019. Gary talks about how he transitioned from being a field anchor for WRTV here in Indianapolis for 14 years to creating a company of his own, something he thought he would never do, honestly. And Gary has remained the creator and host of Inside Indian Business now for over 23 years. Gary and Scott dive into how the broadcasting landscape has changed over the last 30 years lessons about entrepreneurship and the broadcasting industry and how to build a business that benefits your community. Gary's such a big supporter of and a fan of the Indianapolis business community and the the tech and startup community here in Indianapolis in particular. So this episode and this event was really an awesome event to have him come and join us. And so without further ado, let's dive right into the episode with Gary Dick. Today's program is an absolute thrill for me and I hope it will be for you. We have Gary Dick entrepreneur, CEO of Grow Indiana Media Ventures, and host of Inside Indiana Business. In many ways, he's a man who needs no introduction, but often, let's say almost always, he's interviewing somebody else and telling their story, and he's an amazing entrepreneur and an incredible champion for our community. Today, with your help, we get a chance to interview him and have Gary tell his entrepreneurial story and his journey And uh, I can think of no better champion for our community than Gary. So please join me in giving him a super warm welcome. Welcome. I I really, I'm going to feel like I'm nervous. You're right. I don't get interviewed very often. No, I know. I know. And we didn't have any makeup around the corner. And And I I, I feel like I'm. I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna fall into the groove of wanting to mimic you. So I'll okay, be like, Gary, well, Gary thank Be you careful. very, thank you very much for joining, being on the show. Yeah, <laughs> we're really so honored to have you here today, and thank you, my pleasure, for turning the table here a little bit and telling your story, yep. Gary. Yep. If you could share a bit more just about you, your background, where you grew up, uh, I think that'd be wonderful for all of us to learn. Well, Scott, I'm a native Hoosier, and in the broadcasting business, it's unusual that I've worked my entire life in the state of Indiana. So I grew up in a little small, I would call it a farming community, Clinton, Indiana, which is uh, due west of here in west central Indiana, about 15 miles north of Terre Haute. Went to Clinton High School, home of the Fighting Wildcats, and loved, continue to love sports to this day. Played football, baseball, basketball in high school, and enjoyed growing up in small town Indiana. And that, we may touch on this later, but to me, that's one of the real challenges for Indiana right now is small town, rural economic development. Indianapolis is doing, I think Indianapolis is doing pretty well, Fort Wayne. Some other spots are doing well, but some of these small communities are really suffering. Clinton, my hometown, is one of them. But but grew up there, w- went to DePauw University, or started there, was going to play baseball and football, actually. Got mono right before your football practice, before school started. Got reaction to penicillin I was taking. And they put me in a hospital. I had a hundred and I can't remember. They packed me in ice. Oh, I was goodness. sick. And so anyway, long story short, I missed like the first two weeks of school and 
probably should have stayed out, but I wanted to go to school, so I got to school. got behind. My experience, our oldest son attended DePauw and uh, had a great experience. My experience was just the opposite. But it was one of the best things that happened to me because I discovered or became interested in broadcasting, ended up transferring to Indiana State, had a good radio and TV program there. And it was when Larry Bird was there. So it was, Ooh, it was nice an awesome time to be, time there. To be yeah. there. And I got hooked and got in, got to, got to, began the TV uh, deal and uh, started my path from there. So at Indiana State, were you involved in journalism, media, TV? Yeah, radio and TV. And, and the way I got into, radio, or into TV and into broadcasting, I wanted to be a high school basketball coach is exactly what, <laughs> what I wanted to do. I knew that's what I wanted to do and did an internship. Actually, I was still at DePaul and they have winter terms. So you get out for, you can do something for a month. I think they still do. So I helped coach basketball at West Vigo High School and enjoyed it. It was fun. And the one night that changed my life was West Vigo versus Terre Haute North, the big local rival, mm. bigger school, we're the underdog. And at this time, there was not a three-point shot, not a three-point line. We're ahead by, by three points with one second to go. They have the ball underneath their own basket. They have the ball, okay? Our coach calls timeout. Says, hey, we're ahead by three points. Stand there. That should be the message. No let, them, let them score. They score two points. We're ahead by three. Game over. Let, we go home. Couldn't have been clear. What's going to happen? They threw it in. Our guy fouled the guy, went in. He shot, made the free throw. We tied. We went into overtime. But we actually won the game in overtime. But I thought to myself that night, no way am I putting <laughs> I my this. life on the line for these kid, these kind of guys. But anyway. <laughs> and then I got an internship in, in Terre Haute at the ABC station. Really small the number three station, probably the number four station in a three-state station. <laughs> but the blizzard of, of 78, I was there. You couldn't get in or out. They couldn't get people in to do stuff. They actually put this little snot-nosed college kid on the air reading closings and all that kind of stuff at night. It was like at 11 o'clock at oh, night. Oh, wow. Just hammering out the school closings. Hammer school yeah. closings on. And I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and, but I remember, and because of the blizzard, every, there were so many people watching TV. And I had more people like, oh, gosh, I saw you on TV. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> and then I got, got into the news bug and journalism, that kind of thing. And that's how it all started. You have, you have, such, you have such a warmth to you, but you have a, such a special voice also that's uh, so recognizable. When you were growing up and even thinking about getting into radio and TV, did people tell you that? Or did you know you had a voice that would work really well in a broadcast no, sense? No, but I will tell you, it's funny you would mention that because... When I was a little kid, holidays and stuff, I used to get a tape recorder and I would give my best radio <laughs> voice and I would interview my sister, I'd interview my aunt, my, my, my dad, my mom, and I would put these things together on, on, at the time, it was just little cassette tapes. I, would, I did that for years, never thinking. Wow, that's amazing, amazing that, kind of foreshadowing yeah. how it all came together. Yeah. So let's transition then to you becoming an entrepreneur. What were the events that led to you starting... Yeah. Grow Indiana Media Ventures yeah. with Scott Jones. Yep. First of all, I never, you know, I always and obviously still do respect entrepreneurs and have, have so much respect uh, and admiration for people who go out on their own, start their own business, really put it out. But myself, I could never imagine mm. in a million years I would ever do it, ever. When I graduated, after I graduated from Indiana State, went to work in, in Fort Wayne. So I was at the NBC station there for a year and a half. The ABC station recruited me. I was there for a year, then moved here to Indianapolis to work for Channel 6. This was in 1983, so a long time ago. And at that time, and for many years prior, Channel 6 was the 
number dominant number one station in Indianapolis. So it was awesome. Howard Caldwell and Clyde Lee. And we, it was just a great station and a great place to be. So that was my background doing news day in and day out. Uh, I was called the field anchor, which you go out and you're live. You do a story and then you're live every night somewhere. First, it was around Indianapolis. And then we got a satellite truck. So it was around Indiana or even beyond. So it was great experience, awesome experience. And the live piece really helped me. Actually, I did weekend weather. If you can <laughs> really at Channel Two in Terre Haute. Oh wow! Uh, when you had the stick on, I so I went down there. I was still in college, and I I went down there to interview part time reporter. They said we really don't don't have that, but could you do? Do you know anything about weather? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, <laughs> of sure. course I do. Yeah, and I, oh my God, I would rip the wire and, and read that. But it was a great experience because. It was three minutes, three and a half minutes live. You were live there just talking. I didn't do nothing about what I was talking about. But, but that whole background. Great training ground. Yeah. Great training ground. So I uh, was at Channel 6 for 13 years. And toward the end of that time frame or when I decided to, I liked what I was doing, but I, I don't know if I want to do this for another 20 years and then wake up and want to do something else. And then what do you do? So the natural progression is typically for a news reporter as you get into corporate communications or public relations or those types of things. And actually, and this would have been around 95-ish, 96, I can't remember the, the dates, but was interviewing and was approached in for a job at Lilly. Actually, it was a guidant, which was a medical hmm. device unit there. So it was a very attractive job. And, and I convinced, I convinced myself and there was a real interest there and it was going to happen. I said, this is it. I'm changing careers. It's a big turn. And I was excited about it. And for those of you who've been around for a while, there was a CEO that was a short tenured CEO, Von Bryson, at the time. Hmm. There was a what what people described as a coup for Lilly. This was unbelievable for this to happen, and it was a Friday. He was essentially ousted by the board. There was all kinds of turmoil in the company. Long and short of it is hiring freeze. So that opportunity wow. I had went out the window, and I was really disappointed. I said, Ah, oh, geez, this. I was really looking forward. This was a great opportunity, but it forced me to reassess what I know and what I do. So it's TV, it's broadcasting. I had all these contacts from around the state that I had built up. So I began to think, how can I leverage that to do something related to TV, but not this day-to-day -day TV stuff? So I came up with a non-original idea, a business show. Hmm. Yeah, that's not very original because they've been tried before, but here in Indiana, certainly never successfully. And I was of the opinion that it was one of two things. It was either somebody who had money, maybe a chamber of commerce type who had money, but knew nothing about TV, or you knew TV, but you didn't have any money. So how could you marry the two, get the two together and create, create something? Because at the time, and it's certainly that way today, you can get national business content, international business news, a million different places cable, online, all, all these different places. But where do you go to get local content? And I really felt as though that was a niche right there, that if we could, we could get it on the air, that was the key, to get it on the air, we get it on the air, it would work. I was totally confident that that would happen. How old were you at the time? I was 20, I was right about, I was right about 40. 40, okay. 40-ish. Okay, okay. And, and <sighs> no, I was 40. I was 40. And... Uh, the big, so anyway, so I started scratching out these ideas. What would this look like? What would this be? So I created this little six page flip chart day and I went to a few people who I knew and respected, John Mutz, hmm. former Lieutenant Governor, great person, uh, num several other folks that I, I approached 
So what do you think of this? Give me your honest opinion. If this got on the air, would this be something that would work? And to a person, I said, don't just say you know, good <laughs> things right, because... Right. Give me the straight uh, yeah. scoop. And they were very supportive. So I took that input and that gave me some confidence to continue on. And the big break uh, really was because the thing is to get and to do TV, it's, it's expensive. It costs a lot of money to produce stuff. And there are a lot of moving parts to it. So you got to have the financial deal put you know, in place to make it happen. But I went to the, I will always remember this forever. It was in the fall, it was in October, it was a cool fall day, went to IU. So I just thought, let's go to the IU hmm. School of Business at the time. Okay. And I didn't know it was a new dean, Dan Dalton, and a great guy. And I just went down there and said, hey, listen, this is what we're doing. Would, would you be interested in being a sponsor? Would you be interested in, in, in supporting? And he was, I don't know, matter of fact, a great guy, big good guy. He looks at it. He's flipping through it. And we talked maybe for 10 minutes. It's about all. He says, yeah, I think we'll do it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Did you, did you, you know, know enough to stop talking at that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. They had just, the IU College School of Business had just received a check, I think it was for $23 million from Ed Kelly to rename it mm. the Kelly School of Business. So they had a need, obviously, to brand that name and to, to be out there. And I will always remember walking out of the door of the building in the cool breeze hitting me in the face. And I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? But it was an exciting feeling. And I'm very proud to say the Kelly School of Business, 21 years later, is still sponsored. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. So that's good. And how did the Scott Jones piece come together? Interesting. So we got it on the air. And it was a joint production. I had to get Korean. And it's paid off big time today because our show is on both public stations and public stations as well. So we're on Channel 20 here and Channel 13. We're in, on public stations around the state, commercial stations around the state. But I created this partnership between Channel 20, and then at the time, Channel 6 was the first station we aired on, and created this partnership to, to do the show. And so we got it on the air. And about a year later, I, and I got to know Scott a little bit and part of the technology movement and those types of things. So I said, I'll approach Scott about sponsoring a technology segment. So go up there, give him the spiel, and he had seen the show. And you know, he's one of those guys that is always thinking out Absolutely. And, and, and bigger. So he said, have you thought about doing something more than the show or take the show and create something bigger? And I said, I don't know, maybe, but I didn't know what it, what it was. So basically, he said, let's look at something where we could create something that's bigger and it's statewide. And, and that's very important and hmm. really important to us today. Over the course of maybe a year, back and forth. And then one of the other pieces that was a sensitive piece was, so at the time, Channel 6 aired it, Channel 20 aired it. Um, I had my relationship. I, I did everything. I, had, I came up with the idea, did all that kind of stuff. But I began to think, okay... Now, who owns this show? And I thought, oh, I did everything. But Channel 6, mm. let's face it, they could say, screw you. This is our show. See ya. Because I was under an arrangement which was working very nicely where I would get a percentage of the revenues coming in for the show. So after the first year, I'd had X percentage. The next year, they were him on about how much they pay. I said, don't even give me a talent fee. You can take that away. You give me a higher percentage of what comes mm. in. Successful, we're, we're all... Uh, bear for it. They agreed to that. Uh, Scott, in this arrangement, the, 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 the deal I came up with, or the idea, was to create a platform. 
So to make it TV, to take the TV show, make it statewide. So Indianapolis and statewide coverage. But also to internet, to leverage the power of the internet and technology. And at that time, the internet obviously was in its, its early stages, but website, e-newsletters, yeah. radio, any way we can get content to people when they want it, where they want it, how they want it. So that was the idea to do that. And then there was the whole back and forth that we had, to, because we were going from a third, and that, that was the other thing, we were a 30-minute show starting out. We would expand it mm. to an hour. And there were people when I started the half-hour show that said, yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah, how are you going to fill a half-hour? <laughs> and then they thought, okay, you're really crazy to, yeah, to fill Where's the hour. content going to come from? Exactly. Um, so I had to convince Channel 6, Chris Schmidt was the general manager at the time, that it was, but I, I didn't want to share, I wanted him to sign a uh, non-disclosure agreement that he wouldn't sign. I can't sign that. And I said, wow. So it was, it was a difficult situation. And one day, for whatever reason, he said he'd sign it. We started talking. And he said, yeah, I think that's a cool deal. We'll agree to it. So at that time, Scott and I formed Grow Indiana Media Ventures. So the show is 20 years old, 21 this year. The company is 18 or will be 19 this year. Old. So we created Grow Indiana Media Ventures. Scott put in money. I put in the intellectual property and we were off. Congratulations. Yeah, what a run. You. What yeah. a run. Well, I love hearing about Gary's story is that it maps to so many of our entrepreneurial journeys. In early stage companies, you think about career door closing and the Lilly opportunity, but it opening a new path. Mm -hmm. And then we can all relate to the big win, like an IU sponsorship right. and then gulp. Whoa, like how do I make that happen? Right. And that's a lot of what, what we're working on in early stage companies is you need the early breaks. You need the big hire. You need that first customer. You need a big customer win. And then you got to work really hard to make it, make them happy right. and, and, and make it work and be successful. When you look over this journey over the last 20 years, what have been some of the highs for you as an entrepreneur? Yeah. And then what are some of the toughest elements? Yeah. I think uh, certainly uh, the highs or the high or one of the highs was just getting the show on the air, getting it started. And then having that acceptance, I remember walking into the studio for the very first show and again thinking, Jesus, what, what am I doing? Because we had the first show, I think it was, what was it, Bank One and NBD, I can't even remember, but two of the big banks here merged. It was a huge news here. And the two CEOs of the banks came on the show. The next week, Randy Tobias, out of nowhere, said he's going to retire. And Sidney Terrell took over. Both of them agreed to come on the oh, show. Oh, wow. That's a so big break. So it was really yeah. great. And uh, I remember walking in studio and seeing them getting ready. And I said, oh, man, this is crazy. But those early <laughs> days at, were, um, were crazy but fun, and especially the start of the company. Because as many of you all know in, the, in that entrepreneurial wor world, it's just, it's just nonstop. You're doing things, trying things. I, when we did radio, we started radio. I just sent WIBC over here. I didn't even know how to make, I just put it on videotape, an audio thing, and pitching this idea of a, a two-minute or three-minute deal. And it just so happened they had a, an opening for a, a two-minute spot in the morning. But to start out to do that, we didn't have the ability to do it ourselves. I would drive down here every morning at 7 a.m., and tape, we'd tape it, and then it would go on the air at 7.25. So what I remember, uh, number one, being difficult, but at the same time exhilarating, was just going 90 miles an hour, trying to get stuff going, trying to get partnerships and getting your name out, your brand out there, which was very important. I think, too, to the, um, you know, during the recession, I think back to 2008, I mean, that, and in the advertise, in the world of broadcasting, which is typically, and we're certainly in that, that realm, advertising is how we survive. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. 
And if you look in, in tough times, companies, what's one of the first things they will cut is, is many times is advertising, promotion, those types of things. Easy to cut. So we, like many, were struggling in 2000, 2008. So we've been around for nine or 10 years. And it was very difficult. And what's the, the toughest thing, and again, I'm talk, preaching to the choir because a lot of you exactly what I mean, is you're thinking about yourself, but you're also thinking about the employees that you have. And how am I going to be payroll? I can, you know, figure out some things on my end, but these are people who have families and they're doing their deal and, and that kind of thing. So I can remember in 2008 and during a period of time, and the other piece is too, that made it especially tough is a lot of times a company will be working through an advertising agency and these agencies are having trouble. It trickles down to, to the end, the people who are supposed to get the checks that the agencies are floating a little bit there. And so from a cash flow standpoint, there were some real challenging times. And I can remember a, a period of time where I could probably memorize the, uh, the infomercials for the Jinsu knives and Girls Gone Wild at uh, 3 a.m. Because I would get up, I could not sleep. Couldn't sleep. And you're just thinking about stuff and thinking about that sales call you're going to make or you're going to go with your salesperson to make. And it's not just that it's, it's, we gotta, it's gotta happen. But at the end of the day, you look back on those things too. And those are some of the, uh, the great things that happened and made you better as well. The, the, and this is the softer thing, but overall, the biggest joy that I've had in growing the company is that we're doing something that we think is important. We're talking to entrepreneurs, to companies, to universities, to, to academic leaders, on and on. Here in Indianapolis and central Indiana, importantly, but also importantly around the state and going to places all over where we take our show, if we take our show on the road, it is really makes you feel good to be able to connect with people and to tell their story because it's a great story in Indiana. I'm native, uh, lived here all my life, great place, but we don't brag about ourselves at all or not nearly enough. And I think this is an opportunity for people to say, wow, I didn't know that was happening. That's, you know, and maybe there's a somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy that, yeah, we can do this. So that's been... That, that's amazing, Gary. Have you always been so positive, like a kind of a, a champion for, for Indiana yeah. business? And was that your mindset? I even love your company name, Grow Indiana yeah. Yeah. Media Ventures. But I, the media today, mm -hmm. right, there's mm -hmm. so much noise and mm -hmm. stress yeah. and tension around media and whether they're giving you the straight scoop or whether they right. have a bias or for business interviews, whether they accurately mm -hmm. uh, quote you or describe what you're doing, or what your intent is. And I, I feel like above all, you've always been so positive and such mm -hmm. a champion in setting people up for success. And I'm just curious, is that, has that been your mindset from day one or has that shifted or evolved yeah. in, in some way over time? Yeah, yeah, a couple of things. And I think generally speaking, I grew up with somewhat of a, a positive attitude. My my parents, who are fortunately still alive and doing well over in Terre Haute, Indiana, they, they instilled the old work ethic, all those types of things, kinds of things, and respecting people and, and all that. So I've been of that mind, certainly. We like to tell people, or I will tell people, because I've been in the news business for a long time, so we're not in business to be cheerleaders for the business community, but uh, because we're going to do, and we do, plant closings and layoffs and workforce, oh, there are a lot of those stories that are tough for the state. But... We are different in that we really seek out, we want Indiana to be successful. We want Indianapolis to be successful with entrepreneurs, technology companies, academic institutions, mom and pop operations around the state to be successful. And by doing what we do, by interviewing them, by exposing what they're doing, 
And the, you mentioned the Grow Indiana. People say, what, is that a farm company? But ties back to the, your rural roots, right? Rural, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. It, is, it really is reflective of what we do because by doing that, by interviewing people, by exposing people, doing profiles uh, on companies and initiatives, the tech initiative got, I think, back 20 years ago, plus when it was just getting going and what things were like here now, and you fast forward to today, it, it's really cool. And the media, and this is not to bash anyone in particular, but they just don't cover that stuff anymore. They don't cover things, in my opinion, that are important. And murders, fires, all those, some of that stuff has to be covered. It should be covered, for sure, no, no question. But when it becomes the, the only, seemingly the only thing covered, that's where, and that's benefited our company and, our, and what we do. Yeah, I agree, Gary, and I think that, it speaks to the importance of the role you play in the community, is being a champion uh, for business in our community and fairly, mm-hmm. you know, telling success stories and yeah. shining a light on all the good things happening throughout the state of Indiana, because I think we all feel that. You turn on the evening news and it's dire. It's one bad news story after another. And to be able to celebrate, create and amplify momentum, it, it gives all of us confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think it really helps elevate the community in some special ways. Yeah. And it well, it's amazing too. And unfortunately, with our show and radio and all the internet products, all that, that kind of stuff, we talk to a lot of people, a lot of people, and a lot of people from outside of the state, site selection consultants and CEOs and HR people from companies, whether they're tech companies or whatever the, the sector might be. And I will tell you, and this is stuff that doesn't go on the air, so they don't have to tell me this. I always like to get their temperature, get their take on things. I will tell you, the perception of Indiana from a business standpoint, business climate, the wanting people to invest in the state is really good. It is. It, it, it really is good. And it's neat to see. It's exciting to be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever get nervous anymore being on camera? Just this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't believe that. Uh, you know, I don't get nervous, but I get it's just like a, in a sporting event. People will ask athletes, do you get nervous? It's not nervous, but it's a it's an you try to get an edge kind of because hiking, if you're yeah, too yeah. relaxed, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be. So you try to get that get that adrenaline rush and that kind of thing and get the keep the energy energy going. But the only times I would ever be ner- nervous is I'm not if I'm not Try to be prepared and you're interviewing someone and it's, oh my God. See, interestingly enough, and it, actually it was Scott Jones right over here. Fortunately, it was Scott because I know him and the topic was a good one. But the Venture Club, and I don't know if there's anyone here in the Venture Club, but t- a month ago. Hmm. So they, they had asked me to come do this fireside chat with Scott. Okay, Talking really? about legislative issues, technology, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, I'll do it. And, and this is an exception to, I rarely do things on day of show taping because we've got all this stuff going on. But I agreed to do that as well. So I had it on my calendar. So I'm in the office getting ready for the show at like 20 to 12. This started at noon. And I see Scott text or uh, texting, are you here? And I thought, what? Is he downstairs at the station or something? I didn't know. So I keep going. Then he's calling me. I said, hey, what's going on? He said, hey, are you close? And then it hit me. I said, oh, my God. So I had it on my calendar for the following week. (laughs) Oh, no. And so talk about not being prepared. Right, right. Uh, but that's the only time. You yeah, all right. That's good. It that's all worked good. out fine. That's but, good. Yeah. I'll go a couple more questions and then, uh, and then have your questions ready to go if you don't mind. Okay, let's shift to advice for entrepreneurs or business leaders. Let's just say first that come on your show mm-hmm. and then maybe more broadly of how to build media relationships yeah. that are successful and productive. 
Yeah, I think from a show standpoint, or if you're just being interviewed, uh, let's say you've got uh, somebody coming in to interview you for a podcast or for radio or TV. The thing I always try to point out, which is an obvious, is to be prepared. Know your, sto your story and understand that you're the expert, what you know about your company. And don't be nervous about that. That's your deal. The other thing is to be conversational with that person who's there. So it's like the two of us having right, a conversation right. as opposed to, I have, I have to do this. The other thing is don't try to memorize stuff because invariably it, it, it goes along and then you forget something and then you're a wreck and it, it's bad. So just be conversational and know your stuff and talk to the reporter or the person doing that. And it's easy to say to not to be nervous and to be conversational in the TV setting because you got the lights and you've got a camera and you're in a different arena than you're used to. But, but I think the main thing is just being prepared, being conversational. If there's something you don't want to answer, don't try to be evasive. Just say you can't, can't answer that at this time, that kind of thing. But the relationship thing, back to the more broad picture of how to get your story out there. I think relationship, relationships are the key to me. And it takes time. So it's not you have your company, XYZ, you just did something and you think you should be covered. So you send the information to this guy and you're expecting to be covered. It's happened on more than one occasion. It doesn't happen a lot. But people get indignant that, you know, why, why wouldn't you cover my story? And that's the worst thing you can do. The best thing to do is to get that message out there with, with no expectation of, of coverage, but letting people know in the media know what's going on. The other thing is to be or to offer your service as, as a resource for the media. So from a technology side, if it's a certain kind of tech company, maybe you're in a certain space that is topical in the news, you offer to, hey, if you ever need an interview on, on these industry trends or whatever that is, just offer it. And as you begin to build those relationships, just like you would build any relationship, if you're talking to people, just talk to them and offer them, offer to do things for them without the expectation hmm. that, yeah, you're going to cover me for that. And over time, it's not going to happen like overnight, but over time, it helps. Then you get out there, you're interviewed. I can't tell you how many people, a lot of these side of things, who come on our show and then they've been on there once or twice. And then pretty soon you see them on all the, the local affairs mm -hmm, because right. they see them. And then they say, oh, yeah, we ought to do a story with that person. So the relationship game is something that's very important too. Yeah, that's great advice. I think that's just great advice in general yes. is investing in relationships, investing ahead in relationships. And I think all of us find, you know, in life, you never know when those relationships are really going to come back to benefit you. And, and what's most rewarding is investing in relationships with no expectation of mm -hmm. return. And if you do that over time, you build a reputation and a relationship network that ends up just paying huge dividends yeah. over time. And it's a nice way to think about it, that working with uh, those in radio and TV and media are, are no different. People, right. relationship driven, do the right thing. Yeah, and I think there are lots of opportunities to do that. And I think it's part of creating your brand and what your brand is about. And we, have, from the beginning, put a big stock in that and trying to create that brand as a business news leader, but also some an entity that's connected to the community. So I'll do about a hundred over a hundred events. So speaking, moderating, MC. That's amazing. It's so nice but you do that. Yeah, but around it's the so state. nice you do that. Well, it's and it's yeah. good. And that's the other piece I would mention, but just about 
our growth of the company is technology is awesome. It really is. It's great. It allows us to do what we do. Leverage technology yeah. in a big way. Yeah. We've really become a digital company over well, time. We really have. And, and I think back to in the old days to do radio. If you did radio, you had to have an ISDN line and all this stuff to make it happen. Now, and we got in on that early, is just, you know, there's just software. You can go out there, you get a microphone, computer, boom, you can edit it, post it, send it out. And, and we tried to, to get on that train. But while leveraging technology and everything we try to do, and now it's OTT, Roku, and Apple TV, and all that stuff that we have to need to really be aware of. But, but the human interaction, don't lose sight of that human interaction because the human touch, I'm telling you, I, when we take our show on the road, hmm. so we'll go at least four times a year, we take the whole show, which is a big undertaking for us, and we'll go to Fort Wayne or South Bend, Evansville, whatever the case might be. I can't tell you. It, it's great content, and it looks good, but the, the interactions that we make with people there pay off for us in so many That's ways. That's outstanding, yeah. and that statewide focus is statewide. really, really important. Please join me in thanking Gary Dick. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Speaker Series Rewind is brought to you by Hi Alpha, a venture studio that designs and builds B2B SaaS companies. If you're a fan of the show, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts wherever you listen. You can also subscribe or find additional content at highalpha.com slash podcast. We'd really appreciate any reviews. It'll help us reach more awesome people like you. Catch you next time.